On the seventh day, God rested. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. If you are new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Now I want you to commit to your growth and development. Wouldn't it be cool if you listened to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? So how can you do it? Very simply, subscribe to our podcast wherever you consume this content. Also, it's really important to get our burnout prevention guide. You can download this guide found in our show notes and we'll send you an email with all the information you need to be a part of our community of leaders. We are really going to work hard to give you high quality content. And if this content is helpful, can you please do us a favor? What you can do for us is follow us on social media, write us a review and continue to engage with our organization. And if this is helpful, please post on it and share it with others. Now let's dive into new content if you are ready to grow. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Laura Ashman for our new season. So we're really excited. And so Laura has been working for First International Bank for a while. And she's also been in the banking industry for 13, about 13 years. And um, yeah, she's a commercial lender. So we're really excited to have her. And when Laura isn't working, she usually is giving back, which we all need to learn more of. And so I'm really excited to hear your insight because I know you do a lot in the church and in a lot of organizations. So yeah, welcome. And thank you. This is exciting. Yeah. Tell us like all about you and tell us everything we need to know. Oh gosh, all about me. Um, I'll keep it quick and short. Um, but I grew up in Morris, Minnesota. I'm the oldest of four children. Um, I basically was raised in the church. My mom was very active in our church. Um, if you called her our landline back in the day at home and you couldn't reach us, the next place you would call was the church, and we were typically quick answer. So I grew up very involved in in that Mm -hmm. um from there I graduated uh from graduate high school there in Morris and then went off to St. Cloud State University I I graduated with a bachelor's in finance and international business Mm -hmm. and kind of found my passion there and that led me to Fargo and led me to my job at First International Bank Trust wow exciting yeah and I'm happy that you're in Fargo too we've had the chance to do a lot of really cool things together and so um, yeah, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your journey. So knowing that you work a lot mm-hmm. and work's a really big part of your life, right? Where I'm really interested to know because I struggle a little bit with um, balancing it all because I want to be able to go, I would love to be able to go like daily mass, do all these things. But like, mm-hmm. how are you finding this balance between like work and also going on having fun with friends and spending time with your family, but also spending time with God and like making that a priority like what are you doing and how is that looking so my goal would be is I would love to have a lunch ladies group like my grandmother has um where they get together I think it's like every Tuesday or every Thursday each week a group of them get together and have lunch Mm -hmm. I aspire to have that I would like to have that before I'm my grandmother's Mm -hmm. age like to have the flexibility and ability to do that so that is a priority for me which helps already having 
passion for that to be able to set time aside to have lunch with ladies and mm-hmm. with girlfriends. So I do try each week to have one lunch with a, just a girlfriend. It's not a business lunch. It's not mm-hmm. a working lunch. It is my time one-on-one with a friend to connect. And sometimes it's a group of people or it's just one, but mm-hmm. I'm starting small there. Um, I've also surrounded myself with friends that do go to daily mass. Mm-hmm. I have been able to um, attend daily mass once with Luella, I would love to do it more often, but as of right now, kind of a goal for myself has been, I want to attend daily mass with, with her mm-hmm. once a month mm-hmm. and get in the habit of doing that. Um, right now for work, I try and meet with a customer every single day for lunch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an easy way to step out of our typical realm of when we work together, but to have mm-hmm. lunch. So when it comes to what my weeks look like, I'm, I'm very strategic and I've had to become more strategic over the years. And I think I've, I've become that way too with my age in finding out what mm-hmm. my goals are and what's important to me. Yeah, that, that makes sense because it seems like you like have a set schedule, but like it's cha- it changes every single, like, it, mm-hmm. I don't know how, to, how I'm even trying to explain this, but I love that you were making small goals like once a day or once a month, because I think it can be, it can be very overwhelming. Like, like I said, just having the goal of, I would love to make it to mass every single day. Well, I know right now in my life, like that's not probably feasible, Mm -hmm. but I love that you have like one, one goal, one of this. Mm -hmm. And if you can't make mass every day, you can still do something every day with Jesus. You can still spend time with him every single day. Um, My routine for the longest time has been, I get to work early. I'm not a morning person, so I get there early so that I can wake up and get ready to start my day. The first 30 minutes that I'm at work, typically I'll sit in my car or I'll go into my, in, um, to my desk and I sit there and the first 30 minutes is my daily devotional. By that time, I've woken up, I've gotten ready, I've had my coffee, I've had my drive mm-hmm. into work, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm starting my day in the place where I'm going to spend a majority of my day with mm-hmm. my first 30 minutes being with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm not able to make it to mass or make it to church on a daily basis, I've got yeah. that time already set with him. Yeah. And if I miss the, those 30 minutes, my day does not go very smooth. Mm-hmm. At least it doesn't feel smooth. I feel anxious. I feel I'm uh, off. I'm out of my rhythm. Mm-hmm. My day doesn't start as good as it, as it could mm-hmm. had I had those 30 minutes right away with Jesus. So I know a lot of people listening and myself included, it's real. like, I want to have a set schedule and I think it, or like set, like the first 30 minutes of my day, like that is what it's going to be dedicated to, but it's really hard for me to stick to that. Mm-hmm. And so like, what tips maybe do you have on like sticking to something like that? Like, do you do on the weekends too? Like, what does that look like for you? And like, what is like, what, and also if you miss it, like, what are you doing to forgive yourself? That was a lot of questions, but oh, that's all right. So I, have become a routine person because I grew up with a routine. Um, my mom raised us four kids because my dad drove a semi-tractor. Mm-hmm. He was gone a lot when we were younger. So it, she was very structured. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell off the structure train when I was in college and I noticed that that wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. So getting back to that structure, sometimes I take it too far. Sometimes I don't take it far enough. Um, but if you fall off your routine, it's it's okay if you fall off your routine. Mm-hmm. There's some mornings where I my alarm's set for five, but I don't get out of bed till 5.30. And it's mm-hmm. more or less because I just wanted that extra 30 minutes to myself. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I've also set myself up where I'm, this is really bad and I don't admit this very often, but Sunday night, mm-hmm. I plan out my outfit that I'm going to mm-hmm. wear every single day of the week that day. 
So if I happen to oversleep, one of my morning tasks is already taken care of. I already know what I'm wearing. I already know what my hair is going to look like that day. I'll, I have all that planned out. Uh, but that all seriously comes from my mom being strategic with all these kids when we were younger, having mm -hmm. four kids to get up, get fed, get dressed, get out the door so she could get to work. Mm -hmm. um, my weekends, though, mm -hmm. I 100% usually fall off the train. Mm -hmm. I don't get up at that early, but mm -hmm. I still get up at least by 7, 7.30 mm -hmm. on the weekends, um, have my cup of coffee, have my time with Jesus. But it's more of I get to that when I get to it. I'm not in such a rush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, obviously all our listeners know we talk about burnout prevention too. And like you brought up a good point and just the idea of um, having that structure or doing something, doing a task that will eliminate stress later. Like that is a huge part of burnout prevention because when you do something that will make your life easier in the future, you're eliminating the stress that even can happen. Oh yeah. So maybe talk about, I'm interested to know about like your burn, like burnout for you. We all experience burnout obviously, but like what talk with me about experience with that and then how did you kind of come out of that and was faith part of it like where where are you at with that story 100 percent faith was part of how i got out of it um i find burnout in chaos when there's dysfunction when i can't control a situation that's where i tend to find my my burnout if there's a toxic person that can create stress that creates Burnout. I mean, it all floods into it, whether you mm -hmm. feel it's being burnt out or not. But it's, I also kind of look at burnout as a wearing down of your body, a wearing down of your mental ability, your energy, your emotion. Mm -hmm. If you, if someone looks like they're exhausted, they're probably feeling burnout in some fashion, mm -hmm. whether that looks like. Um, but my, to, for me to get out of that, it was 100% having someone say to me that you as a believer, mm -hmm have different beliefs than someone else as a believer. So someone may tell you that they're a believer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the two of you believe the exact same thing. So you can't necessarily hold that person to the same standards that you hold yourself to. And I found burnout a lot in work when interacting with others that don't have the same priorities as I do. That being foremost or being upfront and being um, direct with customers and with expectations. I can get this to you in the next two hours. I can get this to you in the next mm -hmm. next week. I set those expectations up front with customers so they always know where they stand with me. And customers mm -hmm. come first. That's not how everyone views it. Some mm -hmm. are like, I'll get to it when I get to it. Well, have you asked that person what their timeline is? How fast do they need it? Usually if they're asking you for something, it's because they need it for something bigger. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with my expectations being different than others' expectations. And the truly the way I got through that, or I, I've been able to handle it better is not, everyone is on a different faith journey. Everyone has different beliefs and morals and values. And just because they believe in God doesn't mean that their views of God necessarily align with my views of God and his expectations for what it means to be a good Christian is to be kind and help others. Mm -hmm. So yesterday, my sister and I were just talking about how um, we have these expectations for ourselves. And so most of the time, like we, I know just as like high achieving women, as people who are doing it all, like we have these like, high expectations for ourselves. Like you don't get where you are unless you do that. Mm -hmm. But when other people don't line up, to, don't line up with those expectations, we tend to 
we tend to hold them to that 16 standard that we're holding for ourselves. And that can be very detrimental to relationships because not everyone's the same, like you said, and we just expect people to be the same. And so I think it's a really good point to remember that it's like, this should be like a, something we just write and stick, you know, and put in front of us every single day. It's like, you know, people are worried. Like someone, everyone around us isn't the same. Like they see things so much different. And the way I see faith and the way I see God, know God is so much different than the relationship you have, like you said. So um, I think that just goes back to like, yeah, kindness too. But it's hard to be kind. And so that's where it's like definitely can be, especially if you're in a situation where you are headbutting, you're both very strong willed people. Yeah. That can create a lot of dysfunction. That can create a lot of tension. Yeah. It can create a lot of, because then uh, now all the energy that I would be putting towards good things, my energy is going towards something that's dysfunctional and it's an angry situation or it can become an angry mm-hmm. situation and then I'm burning out on all my good things because my energy's not is going someplace mm-hmm. that it's not being mm-hmm. productive but it all goes back to you know your next 30 minutes in the morning spent like I can see like grounding yourself before the day even starts yeah. is so important because that's going to help like eliminate some of these feelings because you go in the day with like your head on your shoulders you know and think okay you know like you're ready for it at that 100%. And I almost feel like we live in a society where it's so easy for us to forget to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to forget um, what would Jesus do in the situation? How would Jesus talk to this person? How would he handle the situation? Would he have chosen those words to say? Uh, it's really easy to, to lose sight in that, especially when you're interacting with others. I feel as if when I don't start my morning with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like if anything comes from this podcast, it's just like the morning thing. Like I, and maybe it's just me. I just need to start doing stuff in the morning. But I'm not a morning person. It's so I'm hard. Not, I've yeah. always been a night owl. Always. It did not hit me until I was in my mid twenties mm-hmm. to start working towards being more of a morning person. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, yeah. and if I could, if I had my choice, I would start my day at ten a.m. Yeah, I would. That'd be fantastic. But being in a professional setting, that's not really an option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some clients that will call me at 6.30, 7 a.m. because they now know that I'm up that early. Mm-hmm. And they are too. And that's when it works best for the two of us to have conversations because their mm-hmm. day is just starting. They're not out on a job site. That's when we can we can connect. Mm-hmm. So I think too, being a morning person isn't for everyone, but it all has to depend around what is it that your career is? What is it that your job is? What is it that your day mm-hmm. looks like? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have well, to start your day till 10 a.m., mm-hmm. don't. You yeah. don't have to. Yeah. So then that means if you're getting up at 9 to be to work by 10.30 or what have you, you can still fit time in with Jesus in there. There just doesn't have to be at 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think also is the thing I need to remember, though, and I think a lot of people need to remember, though, it's it's not going to happen in one day. Like no. creating this expectation or creating this habit and you're going to fail, but then it all goes back to the idea of giving yourself grace in that situation. And, and you know, God is not mad at you when no. you when you fail. He just wants to be sit by you and be with you in every situation. And so, um, yeah, it's really cool. I love that. I like you to say God is not mad at you. He's a forgiving God. Mm. Very important to remember because mm-hmm. it can be so easy. Like like we were saying, those expectations we put on ourselves be very like structured and hardworking and we're go-getters we're going to get this done but like at the end of the day if we don't do something today going to do like 
where you're you're upsetting yourself maybe but like when you let it get to the point where you're it's taking over like the obsession of succeeding it's like who are you succeeding for at this point you know mm -hmm. so talk, let's talk about that actually so you, you're obviously like very successful you're, you're successful in your career and doing these things but like how do you how do you handle like that in between of um of having a relationship or not letting your career become your life if that makes sense it does make sense i wonder if everyone goes through a phase where your career does become your life because mm -hmm. i was at a point where my career did become my life prior to coming over to first international and being able to have more of a good balance between everything mm -hmm. um, and i think that i'm able to have the good balance that i have because of the leadership of the bank mm -hmm. because we have very strong leaders that have a very strong faith as well, that they portray that and they set the example of what, what it should look like, that it's easy for me to have that balance. Mm -hmm. um, but to have that balance, you also do have to work very hard and you do have to be performing and you do have to hit your goals. And mm -hmm. I don't always hit my goals. Mm -hmm. There are days that I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm winning at this and I'm failing at this. So what do I need to change here so that Maybe I need to cut back at what I'm doing over here that I'm winning at, still be winning, but take some of that energy away from that to put it more over here where my where I feel like I'm I'm falling and to bump that up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but truthfully, prior to coming over, I did spend a lot of time at work, mm -hmm. and I feel as if maybe that's part of because of the way I was raised, growing up on a farm. Your entire life is you're always working, and it's your livelihood, and it's it didn't look like it was work all the time mm -hmm. um and it was spending time with family so it didn't necessarily feel like work even though it it was and there's a lot of things i don't ever want to have to do again yeah because it was hard work mm -hmm. uh, but i feel like maybe that was part of it too but then also it was almost an expectation mm -hmm. i had coming out of college it was you've got to put in this many hours if you want to get to this promotion and you want to make mm -hmm. this amount of money it's almost as if the the college that i went to and the classes that i had the professors that i had we're also setting those expectations mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily agree with all of that, but it also through that, when I looked, when I was working too much and spending too much time focusing on work, I was also falling off my, my path with faith and my path with God. Mm -hmm. And then once I realized that, Oh, I'm, I'm going too far to the, to the left. Mm -hmm. I need to get back on this path. That's when it was easier for me to say no to things. It was easier for me to say work is, I'm done with work at five o'clock. I've mm -hmm. got to shut things down. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a huge piece of it is getting back on my faith journey to help me also align my values and fill my buckets mm -hmm. to be able to say no to work. Yeah. So on the opposite of working a lot, um, like you already touched on, I mean, obviously, yeah, I work a lot to be successful, but like, what about resting? So we obviously know Sundays, you know, the Lord's Day, day of rest. Yeah. But yeah. I'm really interested to hear your take on it's different than it used to be. You know, we do all these things on Sunday. We were like after work, like used people just used to go home, cook dinner, go to bed, you know what I mean? And take care of the kids. But now like it's not like that. There's so many things to do. So I'm interested to hear hear your take on what you think God says about resting and what you think um rest can look like now because times are different times are very are very different depending on where you live mm -hmm. i'll go with that yeah um, back home where i'm from there is a church that seriously you do not work on sunday 
they spend a majority of their day in church to the point where you know that Sunday is coming because if we're in spring planting or fall harvest, they will work up until 11.59 p.m. Saturday night and then shut everything down. And then the rest of Sunday is, is their day of rest. They, that is an extreme where they really do not work on Sunday. Um, I appreciate a piece of that, but at the same point in time, I, it's, it's very, very old school. But it like in the book of Genesis, it does say on the seventh day, God rested. He rejoiced and embraced what he had done. He looked mm-hmm. back at what he, all the work he did those first six days. Um, and it's interesting that we're talking about rest and that rest and work both come up right away in the first book of Genesis and right around that. And then when you think mm-hmm. of rest, the very first, like you had said, the first verse that came to mind when I was thinking about this is on the seventh day, he rested. But prior to that, he worked. And that is even one piece in the Bible where God puts an emphasis on working and that work is important. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think that that is a very, as much as it's the first one and it's the most common one, that is a very important verse to think about. Um, the other one that I really, that I've, I've leaned into a lot too when it comes to rest, um, I would say is the be still and know. That is huge. That Psalm is, is an also a really good one. The connotation about, of it around the Bible is more of lay down your arms, lay down your swords. But I always have looked at the be still and know as take a time to pause, find peace, rest, mm-hmm. be slow to react. Um, a, a girlfriend of mine gave me a sign that says be still and I have it on my desk at work because I'm sometimes really quick to react. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really quick to want a response. I'm really eager to get someone to like mm-hmm. answer your phone. Like I'm sending you a text message, call me back right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that be still is there to remind myself to slow down. Well, and everything about our lives is so fast paced. And then just what you said about like wanting someone to respond right away. I'm so much like, I feel like I'm doing it. Why is this, why isn't someone, why isn't someone else responding to me? I'm always on my phone. Like I can, I can respond, but it's like, I, I think that's just such a good reminder. Like just be still and know, like, cause I think, isn't it say like, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, just like be still and know that like God is with you like when and you know like we should just be praying I love the idea when people say um when you're getting frustrated at work but a good way to incorporate prayer into your work is to every time you send an email or make a phone call you say a prayer for the person on the other side receiving it and um that's kind of a different tangent but anyways yeah (laughs) no that's perfect um, the one other, I guess, Bible verse or story that you can pull out for rest mm-hmm. uh, is Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a lot to unpack in that, but a lot of it goes back to the like a farming analogy of, of taking up a yoke. When you take up a yoke, it's you have two oxen, essentially, or two horses, or what have you. And you are you're not relying solely on your own strength and your own knowledge, but you are now taking up with a yoke. You need enough, you need a partner. You need someone else to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I look at it as if I'm someplace where I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling tired some or burdened some. Mm-hmm. That's your time to lean into God and ask him for his strength 
and he's going to be that other person that comes alongside you mm -hmm. and gives you the rest and the support that you need to be able to get through it. Mm -hmm. That's one that I've also leaned into for rest. When I'm feeling like I, I have a world on my shoulders and I can't do it all, it's, okay, Lord, come here, bring me your yoke. I need you. Mm -hmm. What should I be doing differently? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's not necessarily a common one that you hear all the time, but there's so much that you can yeah. just take right out of that yeah. because you're sharing the workload. You're asking God to come support you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so powerful. And I, we just like, we all have so much to do, you know, going on, and especially like uh, everyone's workload looks so much different, mm -hmm. but for one person, what they can handle is so much different than what the next person can handle. And so I think it's, just so good to remind yourself just to lean in and just ask God to carry that burden for you because we're not made to carry this on our own and no. we're, we take on so much more than like even when the Bible was written you know what I mean like what we take on now it's insane mm -hmm. and so I think it's just so powerful just remember like God take my burdens you know mm -hmm. um whatever is stressing you he's already thought about Oh, he's already got figured out. He knows it's going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. He put it in the Bible for you, and that was uh -huh. 20 years ago. So he already knew the stress that you were going to have so that he could give you the tools to get through it. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is remembering to use those tools in your daily life and in your work life because mm -hmm. you can you can use it in both. That's why it's there because work was important to, to God, and he knew that all of those that follow him were going to have to work and that they were going to have stressors and things that came across mm -hmm. that that – was exhausting to them and that they were going to need some form of rest and he he wrote the manual for it you just now need to dive into it and interpret it in your own way mm -hmm. as to what that means for you and how to how to apply it to mm -hmm. your life so what does rest look like for you rest for me is oh gosh that's a fantastic question it's a hard <laughs> it is a very hard question because i don't rest i mm -hmm. i don't it is very hard for me to sit still and get through a movie it's not, I'm not wired that way. Mm -hmm. So for me to be able to rest, I have really embraced um, deer hunting. Mm -hmm. I was challenged once in college. I was told that women don't deer hunt and women definitely don't do archery. So I'm like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> so I took up archery uh -huh. and that has been the most peace giving thing I've ever done. It is a moment where I'm sitting in a tree or in a ground line or my back's up against a hay bale, and I'm just sitting there in peace, watching my surroundings, and listening to that annoying squirrel behind you, and if you've gone deer hunting, you know there's always that one squirrel. Um, <laughs> or that just, voice that looks like a deer, or yeah. something, that wants to stare at it for two oh, hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's daily, oh my God, there's so many But that is what I have embraced to be able to rest. Mm -hmm. I truly have, because I'm shutting my mind off. I'm I'm able to sit there in peace, but I'm not shutting my mind off in the sense of I can talk to God. That's an easy time for me to have Jesus time and connect. Mm -hmm. It's also an easy time for me to take in nature, what's around me. So my brain is still moving, it's still functioning, it's still thinking. Mm -hmm. It's just my body is at peace. Yes. And that's what I need most. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I, I found a lot of peace and rest in hunting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to find that one thing too that just is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Like I was just thinking as you were talking about what what do I do for rest? And I think I have a hard time with rest too. I'm getting better. I just by dating my boyfriend right now, he is very much like 
when he's resting, he's resting. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is absolutely ridiculous because I'm like, I just like, let's be talking or doing something all the time. But um, I, I love to exercise and like, and walking for me. And they say like exercise is the best prevention of burnout or the best way to overcome things. And so for me, like it's still resting, but it's because, because I'm turning my mind off of the other things usually. I mean, if I, I love to walk with friends or do things like that, like that's, I can get in like my exercise and that's like taking the load off too, but also it's like active rest. And yes. I don't know if that's okay with God, but I mean, I'm going to just pray about it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, that's so hard for me to. Rest is going to look different for everyone because all of us are unique. Mm-hmm. We're all different. None of us, no, none of us should be the same. Yeah. Life would be really boring if we were all the same. True. So whatever you, whatever you think rest is, and you're meeting your own expectations of how you want to rest, mm-hmm. then I think it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. Um, well, okay. So I want to ask you, uh, I know you kind of talked about some Bible verses that you really liked, but I don't know if you have like a, a story from the Bible or something that's really like applicable to you, maybe in your professional, personal life. Is there one story or maybe somebody like a, um, a story from the Bible that sticks out to you? Oh, okay. Well, so my all time favorite Bible story, I don't necessarily know if it, well, you can tie, you can tie this story to anything. And truthfully mm-hmm. is Jesus saved a wedding and he turned water into wine. And it's so important that you remember to celebrate in your professional and your personal life. I it does and I look at that story as just celebration. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, I mean I love a good glass of wine. I love having a cold beer with friends. I enjoy mm-hmm. that immensely, but celebrating. And I have never done a good job celebrating wins at work. Mm-hmm. Never. It's always been, okay, got it, next thing. What am I on to the next thing? Okay, I hit that goal. Great. That was set for me. But sometimes you your goals are set really big and really high for you. And when you achieve that, you you have to celebrate it. And sometimes it feels selfish to celebrate, celebrate something for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, you need to celebrate that. Um, I also look at birthdays as a huge personal celebration. I absolutely love birthdays. I love everyone birthdays. should celebrate them. Uh-huh. Not everyone likes them, but it is one more year that you get to be on this earth and that you get to be the hands of Jesus and figure out what it is that his purpose is that he put you here for. Um, so birthdays are huge. Also celebrating in the sense of you just received fantastic knowledge or um, news that you're cancer free. You should be celebrating the daylights out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the birth of a baby, celebrating the daylights out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrating the... Uh, First communion, confirmation, yeah. a wedding, all of those things. So yes, Jesus turned water into wine, but the bigger picture was he did it as a celebration and it was a mm-hmm. wedding celebration. So that's hands down one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. Um I love I love that because it's I think that that verse can be uh or that story can be taken in so many different ways. But mm-hmm. the fact that like that's how you interpreted that as to celebrate, I think that goes back to like so what you're saying, we're always on to the next thing, next thing, like just going back to what you said about being still, mm-hmm. taking time to step away and just like, like even with God, he looked, he on the seventh day he rested and celebrated all the things that he did. Yeah. Like we are always accomplishing things, doing all these amazing things. And we never take the time truly to like step, step back and think, oh my gosh, 
like I did that and thank you God for helping me get through that mm -hmm. and celebrating that even or just like living and like being still in that moment and soaking in all the glory because it's so hard it's so hard to remember to do that because we're taught and like it's just instilled in our culture just go 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 mm -hmm. go and I just think about like recent instances for me and like just planning that summit and like I never like I'm already into the next thing I'm like already talking about like other people I'm like I never took the time to actually like sit and like celebrate that win and like praise God for that because you know so now wow I love that you said that so why didn't you I don't know yeah I think it's a mindset change honestly I mean we grew up celebrating birthdays all the time oh yeah Fourth of July, my mom made it a huge thing. We are celebrating Fourth of July. It is very, very important. Mm -hmm. um, but at some point in time, where did the culture shift change that we don't celebrate certain things? Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to celebrate. Or we think that something is so minimal that it doesn't deserve a huge celebration. Mm -hmm. My number one argument is I want to ban every year for my birthday. Oh, I yeah. think we should have a band every year for my birthday, not just mm -hmm. the milestones. Uh -huh. um, because I think every that it should be a that should be a big celebration. Mm -hmm. so, I agree. And little and it's I'm guilty of it. I don't take time to celebrate little things. Not a chance. Like what if you? Uh, I just think like what if you just I don't know had a really good meeting and you just met someone really awesome. Like what if you go back to your office and be like I don't know do something really cool. Like I don't know give yourself a high five or give I don't know you know what I mean like celebrate in some way those little things that like uh, I think that's just a huge takeaway from this conversation is just talking about like yeah god celebrated and he mm -hmm. and also and like god says we should rest so we should maybe like it really is just like resting and being still in our wins is maybe uh, a good wrap up yeah. well laura we're running out of time but i just want to say thank you so much for joining me is there any last thoughts you have or any last things uh, this has been fantastic. It's made me think a lot about my faith. It's made me think a lot about how do I incorporate my own faith mm -hmm. into work. Um, I think what my biggest challenge is going to be in the next year is being more open with my faith. Mm -hmm. If you are in my close-knit circle of friends, you know that I'm faithful. You know mm -hmm. that I have a strong faith. But it's not something that I discuss in the workplace or discuss mm -hmm. with customers. And I think part of that has come from we kind of grew up in the era too, or I definitely did, where if you, if you keep it all and you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics, and if someone came to work with their Bible, you thought that they were preaching at you. Um, I want that. I think that would be a huge change. Mm -hmm. And that, no, it's not a preaching to anyone. It's This is what I truly believe, and this is the foundation of what's going to make me a good person. Um, mm -hmm. So my, my goal, and even maybe a goal to you, is how is this next year, since we're still so early in 2022, how do we talk about Jesus in our in our work day or not necessarily talk about him but how do we use him to influence those around us mm -hmm. without them necessarily knowing that mm -hmm. this is we're talking about Jesus mm -hmm. yeah and I think I actually just read and um I read this in my book um, the other day and I I think this is a good way to end this just to say like God teaches us to pray teaches us to rest and teach us to just speak the way he wants us to speak mm -hmm. because um like we need you god you know oh so. we can't do it without it no uh laura thank you so much I, this is so great so yeah